Hi everyone. Hello. Uh, welcome back to Define Beauty. This is the first time we've recorded in a few weeks, so <clears throat> we might be a little bit rusty. Didi has a little cold. I might be coming down with one. We don't know. Got the post-travel sniffles. Wait, so how was Italy? I say Italy, but you went to Europe. It was Italy and France, and it was dreamy and magical. Everything that I hoped and expected it to be, it was so amazing to check out for a couple weeks, eat a bunch of food, see the beautiful sights, and yeah, I'm happy to be back. But it was absolutely amazing. So for our listeners wanting to go on a European vacation, what are your top recommendations? Definitely go to the coast, whether that's northern or southern. I think both of us agree that nothing will compare to the Italian coast. I mean, Positano is my most favorite pastime in life. <laughs> favorite pastimes include Positano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I just think it's so dreamy um, to be around, like, the cliffside buildings and to have, like, the amazing authentic food. The food's um, so good. It was super amazing to be in France again as well, just, like, biking around the city and eating baguettes and cheese. Like, that's my happy place. <laughs> oh, I love... Okay, so I went to Paris for the first time in October, and... I kept hearing before I went about the amazing architecture, but then I would always hear from people that Paris kind of let their expectations down a little bit, and so I went there with not very high expectations, and I left absolutely loving the city because it was so beautiful. Like, yeah. the architecture did not disappoint. You could walk down a street, and you would see the most beautiful building you've ever seen in your whole life, so I think it was just a perspective of, like... I didn't realize that I would see so much beauty in one big city. Totally. It's like every corner you're on, there's all these really charming buildings, bakeries around every corner. It's, I just think it's really charming. And obviously it is a tourist destination, so that's why it's kind of fun to bike around because you kind of can avoid the super touristy areas and get more of like the quaint, authentic vibe of the city. Just the life of a Parisian. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. I would live there, I think. Well, we missed you here. Um, I missed you. Yeah, I tried not to bother you while you were gone. I did send you a couple of funny DMs, but <laughs> I let you disconnect. <laughs> yeah, it was all pleasure, no business. Good. I'm so glad. One of the things um, that I was keeping an eye on while you were gone was the before prep of the Met Gala and then of course you got back right as the Met Gala was going on on Monday but yeah I remember like <sighs> keeping an eye on the plane rides home Met Gala let's talk about it the theme was camp which I didn't really understand that what that was did you get it so I had to do some research because when I first saw it, I was like oh camping <laughs> which I, I think that's what a lot what of people I thought. think that's exactly what I thought from I was what like I... no one dressed up in their girl camp cookie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh girl scout cookies sound good um from what I understand camp is basically like the absurd or the extreme like almost a satire take on fashion huh. and so to be honest I obviously at the Megala people show up in over-the-top outfits because that's what it is a show of like amazing fashion and so to be honest I was expecting a little bit more extreme looks I do feel I do feel like a few people showed up and fit the theme but overall I was expecting more okay so you don't feel like Katy Perry dressed as a hamburger <laughs> was the most extreme look ever <laughs> Katy Perry I would say she was camp but I want to see camp, but I want it to be chic. Like, um, Lady Gaga obviously was the poster child for this Met Gala. Everyone was raving about her. And Lady Gaga eat, lives, and breathes camp. Like, she's always camp. Even if the theme wasn't camp, she would have showed up camp because that's who she is. And that's why everyone loves her is because she's always over the top and she's always a performer. I feel like Lady Gaga always shows up to everything. Yeah. 
she's one of my favorites for sure. Did you see the post of her? I loved it. Um, her with her big like 1980s cell phone and she was calling Anna Winter. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's so good. Just It's on her Instagram. She's amazing. This Met Gala was a little different for me. Like last year, everyone was so elegant and so beautiful, but it was really inspiring and I still aspire to be like last year's Met Gala. I think I liked last year more than this year. I agree. And I did too. Yeah, like looking at the themes objectively, I would have guessed that I would have liked camp better, but I think generally the looks were stronger last year than this year. Yeah, I can see that. I, You know what? I'm always really inspired, though, by Anna Winter. She just to me is someone who is constantly... What reinv- a boss. <laughs> oh, what a boss. She's always reinventing herself. She is a really amazing, tough woman. And I actually watched a documentary on a plane ride home about the Met Gala one time. It's called The First Monday in May. Ooh. And I they interview... Um, the whole thing is kind of like... Anna Winter and it's her party and like they interview her and they interview her daughter and it's really interesting because um Anna was so it's her only child it's her daughter and um they're talking and her daughter is completely opposite of her mother her mother Anna obviously is like head of Vogue and she runs the Met Gala and she's one of the if not the most powerful woman in fashion And her daughter is about to go to college and she wants to be a lawyer. And she says specifically in this documentary, like, I don't understand fashion. Like, I don't (laughs) even understand why people care about this. so funny. And I'm like, your mom's Anna Wintour. Like, how could you not? (laughs) How could you not be obsessed with, like, how could you not just want to go sit in your mom's office? And then it kind of made me think, ironically, you know, Met Gala was last Monday this Sunday is Mother's Day. Like, it just kind of made me think, here I am, and I'm the person that I am, and I just had Scotty, my first child, and she's a little girl, and I feel like we already have a very special connection, but, like, is Scotty going to be a lot like me? I don't think so. I think she's going to be so much of her own person, and it kind of made me think, like, about mine and my mom's relationship and like we're we are so much our own people but like I did get some really amazing qualities from my mom that I'm really happy about today still I don't know have you ever thought about that like are you and your mom really opposite my mom and I are very similar in some ways and very opposite in some ways so I agree there's a lot of amazing qualities that I attribute to my mom Um, But we also clash in some aspects, so it's kind of a weird juxtaposition, I guess. Like, we're both very stubborn, but we have different ideals. Okay. But we both, like, respect each other. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Tupac, like, (laughs) him and his mom, you know, they had their ups and downs. That's right. There isn't a a woman alive that could take my mama's place. (laughs) That's true. Yes, so that brings us to today's topic, which is mothers, daughters, our relationship, our relationship with beauty. I just had a daughter, so it's really hitting home for me. (laughs) I think it's really a cool thing to talk about, too. Obviously, we we realize that, like how much our moms affect who we are. I feel like I realized that in college. I took a communications class. We did a lot of self-reflection, and I realized how much of my communication patterns come from my mom. And I also just think, like, in general, growing up, as you become an adult and you see your mom as an adult, you recognize more intricately the relationship that you guys have between each other. And I think you recognize their humanity and how their humanity has impacted your humanity. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think to add to that, I've realized as I've turned into the woman that I am today and as I'm now raising my daughter, Scotty, I've realized that like so so much of the things that my mom taught me and the things that she did, she did for a reason. And I remember being so frustrated about things like um, when my mom would 
set a curfew, for example, which is something that pretty much everybody has, but she would set a curfew and I would be like, oh my gosh, my mom doesn't know anything. (laughs) I can be home whenever I want because like I'm, nothing's going to hurt me and you know, whatever. And and now that I have Scotty, I get it. And I'm truly like, I totally know why my mom did that. And both Craig and I now are very protective parents of Scotty. Granted, she's only 11 months and she's not planning <laughs> Scotty, on... Scotty, you can't stay out past midnight. <sighs> she's not even like what? thinking about sneaking out yet. But <laughs> I think there's just... Oh, here he is again. Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> um, I think there's just... Yep. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I just think there's so many things that my mom did now that I'm actually going to do with Scotty. And it's one of those things where it's like... You know those progressive commercials? Have you seen them where they're like, prevent yourself from turning into your parents? And I'm like, I actually kind of want to be my mom for reals. I haven't seen that, but um, also it makes me think I've seen memes about this like cycle that a lot of us go through where when we're young, like really little, we love our mom. Then we get a little bit older. And like, I feel like your teenage years, a lot of times people have a lot of angst, a lot of conflict with their mom. And then you move out and you, like, realize how much you need her. And, like, the older you get, the more you can relate with her and the more you need her. She becomes, like, a friend and, like, a support for you. So it's so interesting that you brought that up because, yes, that's been my exact experience with my mom. How we went through a rough patch and I was like, my mom doesn't know anything and, like, I know everything. And then (laughs) I went through a phase... And I'm still going through that phase where my mom knows everything and I look at her and I'm like, you are a goddess. Like (laughs) she had five kids. I don't know how she did it. I absolutely adore and love Scotty. She's just a lot of work. So I'm like, you had five Scotties? That's insane. (laughs) Um, And she did it so graciously and she loved us so much and like she's an amazing mom. I feel the way that I feel about my mom is the way that I've also felt about a lot of women, um, I guess, mentors in my life. So similar experiences where like I've worked for a specific woman. She owns a salon. She was a single mom when I met her. She was just a powerhouse. And she was such a huge mentor to me. But oftentimes she would ask me to do something or like she would try to train me something or teach me something and I would be like "Mm -hmm, I know better than this but looking back I'm like she she was such a good mentor so yes my mom has been an amazing mentor to me but there's also been a lot of women in my life personally who have just been amazing mentors like my mom yeah and I think a lot of people don't have like the traditional biological mother experience But in a sense, we all do have these female mentors in our life that are mother figures to us. And in return, we also become mother figures to the younger generations that we impact. Yeah. So I think that that's also interesting to think about in our discussion today. Yeah. I mean, someone told me today that I was the mother of the lashing industry and... (laughs) That's so rad. It kind of took me back for a second where I was like, okay, but like, am I the cool mom or? Always, always the cool mom. (laughs) It's fine. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't need to be the cool mom. I'm fine being the mother. You're like, I don't even have to be cool. I'm just the mom. Yes. And that's cool enough for me. Yeah. um, I thought it'd be interesting to explore the mother-daughter relationship and specifically as it pertains to beauty, starting at the beginning. So being in the perspective of the daughter as you grow up and then as you become an adult and eventually a mother, if you wish. So starting at a young age, like what are your first memories of your mom and maybe specifically referring to beauty because this is the Define Beauty podcast? Yes, so my mom I just love and adore her. Her name's Sonda. Let me paint a picture for you. My mom came from a family of nine brothers. Her name is Sonda because her dad's name was Steve and her mom's name was Wanda. Wait, so was they she made Sonda. The one sister with nine brothers? One sister, nine brothers, and then when she was like twenty one, my grandma had her sister. Wild. Wild, right? Well, yeah, you know my family is like majority girls. We have 
six girls, one brother. So a little bit opposite. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, so cute Sonda, you know, she has this unique name. She's the one girl in, like, nine brothers. And then... <laughs> I she, love that name I, combo. That's, like... I know. Things you would, like, joke about but, like, <laughs> rarely actually do. I remember her being on the phone when I was little, and she would always be, like... Just say Honda, but add an S instead of an H. <laughs> I love her. Or we always knew when a telemarketer was calling because they'd be like, Sandra, and she's like, no, Sonda. <laughs> um, but I love her. She's so amazing. She has this amazing, gorgeous red hair that I remember her always hating. And now, like, she goes places and people literally stop her and they're like, you look like Fergie. The She's the princess of, um, she was one of the princesses in England. So not like Fergie Black not Eyed Peas. Not our generation Fergie, <laughs> but, like, she was her own generation of Fergie. And, like, she's so beautiful and she has these high, gorgeous cheekbones and, like, she just is amazing. Yeah. Like, everything about her is so beautiful. And I remember um, at a very young age her telling me that she didn't, know what to do with a little girl because she grew up with nine brothers and so she was hoping that I would be a tomboy and I could not have been more opposite than a tomboy I like wore princess dresses everywhere I went I had this specific um snow white dress that I would wear everywhere and my mom would beg me to like wear something else I would not wear pants until I was like in fourth grade literally Anyway, I wore this snow white dress every single day until finally one of our neighbors brought over this huge bag of hand-me-downs because she thought that my mom couldn't... <laughs> she thought, like, she didn't have clothes for you? Yeah, like, she just thought, like... And my mom would, would literally have to, like, take me out of the dress when I went to bed at night and wash it so that I could wear it the next day. And, like, I was so committed to wearing a dress every single day. But it was just so funny because my mom was the exact opposite of that. She was raised with nine brothers and she grew up this tomboy and she played basketball and like she is so she's like so connected with more of like a male energy and then here I come and I'm like female <laughs> all around have to wear a dress every single day couldn't even touch pants and <laughs> so I think there was this learning curve for both her and I of like okay I have this daughter that like is very different from me and I was like oh my gosh I have this mom that doesn't even know how to like do braids in my hair so yeah we but we've always had this like really understanding relationship of one another that's funny I feel like you and I we have similar um parent experiences like your mom reminds me of my mom but yeah I have total different background like my mom so I come from a family of six girls and one boy and my mom comes from a family of four girls and four boys, so my mom always was, like, doing my hair in braids and everything, and I was probably the most tomboy of all my sisters. Oh my gosh, so crazy. Yeah, but I remember my mom always was, like, very same. She has, like, really high cheekbones. I've always thought she's really beautiful, too, but beauty was never, like, a huge part of her life. I don't think, do you know what I mean? Like, she never, like, put a ton of time into doing her makeup. She's always had her hair done and she's always like up kept that hair color which is something that my whole extended family's always done it's kind of this weird thing where I've always expected to one day dye my hair dark because that's how all the women in my mom's side of the extended family is they all dye their hair dark my gosh do you have anything like that Kind of. I mean, I would just be really surprised to see you come in one day with dark hair because you've always rocked like the purple, the pink, <laughs> the blue. Like, it's so you and it's so fitting. So if I ever see you with dark hair one day, I won't. I it's won't know. weird. It's like it's like that's like what I feel like I'm supposed to do almost is like dye my hair dark. But I know I'd get bored, so I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Hold on. Um. What about like when you became a teenager? Yeah, so when I was a teenager, I feel like that's when my mom and I went through the biggest disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that will happen someday with Scotty and I. I, I does feel that like scare it's a, you? It does. It makes me sad. I think it scares Craig more than it scares me. I feel like I kind of am expecting that point of life to come into play with Scotty where she wants to be with her friends more. You know, I, I hope we always have a really good relationship. My mom and I always 
did have a good relationship, but we definitely didn't see eye to eye when I was a teenager. And I feel like that's pretty common, but, um, I just feel like it was over silly things like curfew. And I'm like, Oh mom, like I can sneak out and be with boys until four o'clock in the morning and I will be fine. And she's (laughs) like, you are crazy. Like, Let's reel this back in. So she was a really good, realistic mom. She was always really supportive of me. She cried when I had a failure. She was excited for me when um, I I did something right. She was always the proudest mama. But I think I'm also a very spirited person. And so I think her raising me, like she had in her idea that I would always be this like sweet and... Um, never like combative person and I I think what she found out was I'm a little bit sassy and can have a really strong opinion and um I I don't see the world black and white as she does sometimes and so I think that's where some of our kind of disconnects came from when I was a teenager but I will say when I when I went into college um and I was at this weird pivotal state in my life where like my parents had gone through a divorce and I watched how that rocked my mom's world. Like I remember just holding her and being by her side during that whole thing. And it does make me really emotional because there's so many times that she's held me and been by my side, but that was the one time that I felt like I could be there for my mom and be by her side. And the really cool thing about that was, um, she was going through a really hard thing and I was going through a really hard thing watching my parents not be together and seeing life at a different perspective than I ever thought I would see life. And um, just having her there by my side and she saw like, you know, I, I've talked about this in a previous episode where I got myself in a lot of debt and um, like my mom couldn't get me out of it. And I'm so glad that she never did. But she taught me how to work really hard and she was there through the whole thing. And she was actually the very first person that told me when I started doing lashes that like, hey, Kim, I think you should look at the lash industry in a different way. And I think maybe you should look at developing a product line. And That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's something I don't really share very often. That was one of those moments that was like really near and dear to my heart. And I still remember like my mom helping me um, find suppliers and... She did so much. She's done so much for Borboletta that people don't even know about. And it's because I think she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. So I, I definitely have gone through um, some, some downs with my mom, but the ups have, have been really amazing. And, and she is a really amazing, beautiful person. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> that's kind of par for the course almost. Like when I was in junior high and high school, me and my mom clashed so much and she wanted me to be like this. I wanted to be like this. And it's like, I couldn't understand how like she couldn't see my point of view. And after I went to college, it was almost like there was this healthy separation where like I could live my life (laughs) and she could just like love me for who I am. And I feel like, um, I totally resonate with what you said where like my mom, like she's she's always there for you and that's like the unconditional love no matter what I do or what she wants me to do like I know that she'll always love me through all that right I feel I felt that with Scotty the second that I looked at Scotty I'll never forget what ran through my mind and that was truly the feeling that I will always be here for her it doesn't matter how independent she becomes or whatever woman she is like I will always get to be her mom and I will always get to be there to support her. And I I think that that's really cool that you recognize that. And your mom, like, we see differences in one another oftentimes, but, like, your mom is someone that unconditionally is always there for you. I think that's really inspiring. Yeah, um, it reminds me of a quote that Carrie Fisher's mom, Debbie Reynolds, said, It's incredibly important to recognize that mother-daughter relationships are complex, powerful, and complicated, and this is perhaps more true than ever when we're close with our mothers. Mothers just, like, want what's best for us, and, of course, they want what they think is best for us, and then we want what we think is best for us, and sometimes that clashes. But I think when you get older, you recognize that it all comes from a place of love. 
Yeah. I, you know, it's so interesting because with my mom, I've totally seen that. And I'm like, damn, my mom didn't want me hanging out on the streets till like 4 a.m. <laughs> I would never want Scotty doing that. But at the time, it was like, mom, you don't know anything. I'm fine. Like, everything's don't okay. Don't you look at like people in like junior high and high school and you're like, you're little babies. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so scared for them, like, because I'm such a mom. But I look at everybody in the office today, too. Like, you, Didi, and just everybody that works here, and I feel that same sense of responsibility. Like, oh my gosh, I hope that everyone's okay this weekend. Like, I hope everyone's good. And I think it comes from a place of just so much love. And I think that at one point in your life, you may not see what that that where that love's coming from, but later on, you do. Um, and I've seen that, like I mentioned earlier, with the mentorship, like. It's not just our moms, but like think about all of these amazing inspirational women in your lives that um, you may not understand why you're doing something or you're working underneath them or what have you. And like maybe a couple years later, you do see it. And it's just sometimes we don't see the bigger picture, but moms do sometimes. And I think just in general, I'm just thinking of women that I've worked with with all ages. And I feel like women have... This kind of makes me think of our episode with Danye as well as the net loving over networking is women have almost like a sacred sisterhood. Any woman I've worked with, I see them as a mentor. Right. For good or for bad, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean every woman that you work with is going to be the most positive impact on your life, but you you learn from the things that maybe can be looked at as negative or you excel from the things that can be really positive that you learn from another woman. And the women who had a positive impact on me, I look at them and I'm so grateful that my paths crossed with them. And I do feel like as women, we have a special connection. I totally agree with that. Everybody that knows me, follows me on social media, has ever met me, has probably heard me say how much I love women. And I've learned to love women more over the years as I've gotten more comfortable in my own skin because I look at women and we are so much more alike than we really think. And I get that now more than ever after having Scotty, after having my daughter. I connect with my mom on a different level than I've never connected with her before. I understand why she did so many of the things that she did now because I'm probably going to do a lot of those things with Scotty. But I think too, just like women in general, if we can look at each other in a light of like confidence rather than threatening, and let me explain what I mean by that. If you can look to other women and be inspired by them rather than being threatened, you can learn a lot from other women. And I think some of life's most amazing lessons I've learned from other women. What I have learned is a confident and strong woman is so much better than a woman that's seeking attention. A woman that builds other women up is so much more empowering than a woman that sits around and tears other women down. And I've learned this so much from seeing both ends of the spectrum. What I've found now is that I'm a better person when I surround myself with women that have the same goals that I have. I don't have time in my life to be surrounded by women that want to tear other women apart. I just leave a situation like that and I never feel good about myself. And I'm always really inspired by the woman that finds the amazing things about other women. And I think that if we can focus more on that rather than the threats or the disappointments or the negative things that other women portray, and if we can focus more on the empowerment and how we're stronger together and what we can learn from each other, I think that our perception on life changes. And I've seen that firsthand. I've seen a sisterhood of amazing women come together rather than jealous women tear each other apart. And I've seen the amazing effects that that has. And I'm glad that I've seen both sides of it. But I think that that all ties back into kind of how we were raised to be the type of women that we are today. And um, the women that we choose to have in our lives really affects the type of woman that we become. I totally agree. I've seen both sides too. And it's such a more secure 
happy, positive environment when you're around women who celebrate other women instead of tearing other women down. One thing I heard that really stuck with me is when you're jealous of another woman, you can look at what exactly you're jealous of and it illustrates things that you want in your life. And so instead of being bitter that they have what you want, celebrate with them and you can apply that towards yourself and start to work towards that. Totally. But yeah, being around women who celebrate other women is life-changing, I think, (laughs) Um, especially in environments where you can totally sense that sisterhood and support. I just think it's so important to be conscious of that spectrum and to choose to surround yourself with women who support each other. I wanted to ask you another question. You brought this up earlier. You said there's things that you got from your mom that you're really happy. What are those things that you got from your mom that you're so appreciative of? Hey mom, I'm so grateful for <laughs> the high cheekbones that you gave me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So my mom is a very sensitive person and it's it's ironic that we're having this conversation because a week ago um, I talked to my mom and my personality can be really intense at certain times and my mom is always very sensitive and very kind and very aware of every um, feeling around her. And so when I was talking to her on the phone, um, we were just having a discussion and she was like, Kim, I just feel like sometimes when I talk to you, it's so intense. And <laughs> I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel so bad. I, I can be really intense when I talk to anybody. It's not anything personal. Capricorn. Just kidding. <laughs> it is. It is a Capricorn tree. Thank you. Thank you for tying in the logic there because it's true. So when I was talking to my mom about that, I realized how sensitive my mom is and I actually do carry some sensitivity with me, not as much as my mom does, but that's one of the qualities that I feel like is best. Um, I am a really sensitive person and not in the way where like I get offended really easily, but I'm sensitive in the fact where um, I'm very empathetic and I, I definitely got that from my mom and Um, I don't know where I got my intensity from because neither one of my parents are intense, (laughs) but that came from somewhere. The stars. Maybe it's from my mom's redhead heritage. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But um, I definitely got the sensitivity factor from her and I got the emotional factor from her because as intense as I can be and as much as I try to be logical, I still have a very emotional side to me and I don't think that that's always a negative thing and no, I definitely I got that from my mom yeah like I can be, show emotion and women in general are more emotionally in tune than men but I think to it's honestly a sign of emotional intelligence to be able to recognize and manage the emotions of those around you I think that's, that's cool. incredible do you want to hear something else that I I think I got Absolutely. from my mom I got my intuition from my mom I know. Crazy, right? So, if you don't know me in person, I... Leans into the microphone. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Let me give you a little tidbit. (laughs) So, I have this weird thing about me where I really... I'm very, very sensitive to what's happening around me. And I feel like I'm, I can connect really easily with people's emotions, like how they're feeling. And so, um, one of the things that I got from my mom is I feel like I did get that intuition from her. I remember specifically one night I snuck out of the house, like we all do when we're teenagers, but I snuck out and I remember my mom specifically saying to me before I went to bed that night, Kim, I know you sneak out all the time, but tonight, please do not sneak out. (laughs) And I was like, okay, whatever. So I snuck out. And because I knew my mom was like sound asleep and I knew she wouldn't know. Um, not, I did not even make it like a mile away from my house. And I remember my mom calling me. I had a cell phone, which was like so weird, but like this was, you know, 2002 when like cell phones were barely out. But I remember my phone ringing and I looked at it and it said home the home phone was calling me and I was like what this has never happened before anyway I answered it and my mom was like Kim 
you get home and you get home now. And I will never forget that. So I like turned the car around and I drove home and I like came through the garage because I'm like obviously I've been caught. And I remember her meeting me in the family room and she was like, Kim, I know that you sneak out all the time. Like I'm just a mom and I know that. But tonight I actually woke up and I knew you were gone and I knew you needed to come home. And so it's just like that motherly intuition. I know it kind of gives me the chills a little bit, but like thinking back, I'm like, I definitely get that intuition from my mom and I don't know still to this day, like why I shouldn't have snuck out, but I know that I, I shouldn't have been out there. So I just think that's really interesting. And I did get a lot of that from her. Cool. <laughs> that's cool stuff. Yeah. Sonda was very woke. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some traits that you got from your mom so like I said like we're both really stubborn I think we both when we believe something it's really heartfelt we have really like strong morals that we stick to um I also think my mom was always very aware of everyone and making sure that everyone was comfortable and like included and so that's, like, something that's, like, stuck with me almost to a fault. <laughs> you You're know? totally like that. You're so good at making I everyone just, feel inclusive. Yeah, I, I just, like, I want to make, I want everyone to be happy because I feel like that's something that my mom instilled in me is, like, making sure that everyone's comfortable. Um, she was always extremely generous, um, no matter the circumstance. She's always thinking about other people. And so it's almost like a guilty conscience that I constantly have. It's like I'm always thinking about other people, which I appreciate. I also think a lot of my sense of humor, she'll deny it, but <laughs> she's like low-key, way funny and witty. Your mom must be hilarious <laughs> She, but She's so like funny. way low-key about it. My, my dad's like really cheesy funny, which I have that too. <laughs> But my mom's like low key, really funny, witty. And um, who's artistic? Is your mom artistic? Both my parents are artistic. Yeah, you definitely get that from them. <laughs> um, oh, she's my mom's also athletic. My mom played softball and did break dance and did break um, dance. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> she also did like river dancing. <laughs> oh my gosh! But um. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, like growing up, I feel like I took my mom for granted, you know, when I was younger because she stayed at home. So I always had access to her right. and she was an amazing mom. But, you know, it's like when you have her all the time, you take her for granted. And then when I was a teenager, she was like my enemy sometimes. And then when I moved out, it's like I learned to appreciate her. And the older I get, the more I realize how much of my personality comes from her. And it's almost really cool to like grow up and be able to experience that yeah you know oh I totally agree I think one of the most interesting things that I've seen from mine and my mom's relationship is um work ethic so growing up in um Utah in like the 80s and 90s a lot of women didn't have to work and I remember my mom always talking to me about a career um, and I, that's something I'll, I will always appreciate. I'm so glad that she always did because my mom went to college. She got her teaching degree. She raised kids. And then when my parents went through a divorce, she went back to work full time. And I'm so glad that she had that. And she always instilled in me that you don't need a man to, um, make you successful or make you money. You just need yourself. And that's something that my mom kind of passed down to me that always lasted forever. My husband and I have an amazing partnership and I'm lucky to have him by my side, but I've never relied on my husband. I've always had my own thing going and I think that's been really important, but that's something that I've learned early on from my mom. And I'm glad that she took that risk saying that because if you're from Utah, you know the Utah culture, you know that that's not often something that we talk about here. So that was that was really brave of her and, and I really appreciate that. That was a, a good thing for me. I will say this though, she was not super excited when I told her I wanted to go to hair school. <laughs> really? <laughs> she wanted me to go to college, which now she's like, oh no, I'm so glad that you went to hair school. You know, you found your thing. But um, I think that's just her being a protective mom and um, you know, when you when you grow up in an era 
like the 80s and 90s, you think that college is like your end-all be-all. You don't really look at trade schools as as anything significant. Now she says, like, I'm so glad that you you did what you did. But um, I did take a little bit of a risk there, and we did butt heads about that. But um, that was something that ended really positively for us. And, um, yeah, I just, I definitely learned my work ethic from my mom. I think that's really cool. Another thing that I learned from my mom that I've seen opposite in other women, I learned to love and accept my body. I'm so grateful for that now. I kind of give pause to that because we grow up in a society that tells you you have to be a certain way, look a certain way. You have to eat so many calories. You you know, you shouldn't ever indulge. You shouldn't ever do this. And my mom always taught me that um, we are beautiful just the way we are. And she always told me that I was beautiful, but she also told me that I was smart. And she told me those two things. And she never looked at herself in the mirror and said, I need to change this about myself or I wish I was this way or I never saw her obsessively working out or counting calories or anything like that. And I'm really grateful for that because I learned that in life everything's about just finding a balance and it's okay to indulge in things that you love, but it's okay to also scale back and know when you need to also be healthy and my mom did a really good job at teaching me that balance and I'm really appreciative because I've looked at myself especially going through a pregnancy um I've just looked at myself in a way of like I'm incredible that I've been able to do this rather than wow I really don't like what I'm looking at right now and I I owe that to my mom yeah that's super cool and I feel like it's really rare I feel like it's really prevalent in our society right now to hate your body Mm-hmm. And growing Face up, Facetune and Instagram will do that to you. Yeah, and my mom doesn't know what Facetune or Instagram are really, but she's never accepted her beauty. And my mom's like a beautiful woman. Like people remark on it all the time how beautiful she is, and we've always seen it like how beautiful she is. Luckily, that didn't have a huge impact on me because she always made me feel like I was capable of everything and I was beautiful. Like I didn't need makeup and everything. But, I mean, obviously our mother is our first example of a woman and how our mother approaches beauty can have a huge impact on how we approach beauty. And so are you conscious of that, like, becoming a mother? Do you ever think about that, like, how you approach beauty and how you want to approach beauty with Scotty growing up? I think about that all the time. And when I look at Scotty, all I can think about right now is how amazing and perfect and beautiful she is. Some advice that we were given, for those of you that don't know, Scotty was diagnosed with um, cystic fibrosis when she was three weeks old. And some of the most meaningful advice I've been given during that journey is CF is not what defines Scotty. Um, Scotty is her own individual person who has CF. And just like we brush our teeth every day, Scotty also will go through a, a few regimented things to work through her CF. And that's always stuck with me. And, and now as Scotty's grown and she's 11 weeks old, I look at her and I find everything perfect about her. And I will always tell her that everything's perfect about her. Nothing ever needs to change. Um, I'm here to make sure that she has the comfort and the care that she needs so that she has the tools in life to become the person that she wants to become. And um, I think she's perfect just the way she is. And that's something that, you know... As much as I would love for her to someday be an entrepreneur or maybe fall into the fashion and beauty category, I will never push her to be anything other than what Scotty wants to be exactly. And and that's something that I've known before I had Scotty, but that's also something that I know now, especially with working with Scotty with CF, is she's so perfect the way she is. She's her own individual, and I accept her and love her for ex- everything that Scotty is. We've got sirens. <laughs> the sirens are going to be all in the background of that. Goddamn sirens. Are we just having an off day today or are we just having an off day? <laughs> Whenever I hear sirens, I just like, like I hope whoever those are going to are going to be okay. Um, that actually reminds me of something I was thinking about. As women in general, it's so much easier for us to accept and embrace and celebrate the beauty of women around us, like our loved ones, our friends, our family. 
our daughters, our mothers, whatever, it's so easy to look at our loved ones and say, you're so beautiful. I don't know why you can't see it. It's so much harder for us to look at ourselves and see that. I think as a mother, we have a responsibility to do that because your daughter's going to look up and see how you look at yourself and that's how she's going to look at herself. Totally. Yep. I think the examples that we have growing up, whether it's our mom or the woman in our life that we look up to the most, you're totally right. Those are the people that we find our initial self-worth from and they mimic the type of woman that we're striving to be or want to be at that time. So yeah, I, something that I've learned definitely in working with so many women over the last six years of my career in Borboletta um, is I've found that a strong woman and the ones that don't tear themselves or other people apart are the type of women that I want to be around. Don't be the woman that wants to fish for compliments in yourselves. Um, be the woman that wants to define the realness around them and that that loves themselves and everybody around them for who they are. I think that that's really important. And I think each time you go to tear yourself apart, think about what you're saying and what you're putting out there and who's listening because you never know who it impacts. Right. And loving yourself isn't always an easy task, like depending on how you were raised, right? Some people are really lucky. They were raised by women who had great self-esteem and loved themselves. Some women were raised by women who tore themselves down. But maybe motherhood or being an example to a younger generation, even if it's not through motherhood, is an added motivation to look at yourself through more... um, What's the word? More admiration? Um, like it's um, an opportunity to look at yourself through more beauty seeing eyes, I guess. Like to look at yourself. Look and, at yourself through rose colored glasses. Yeah, like you should, we should be able to look at ourselves the same way that we look at other women and to be able to appreciate their beauty so you should be able to appreciate your beauty because that's what we want for everyone else and so we need to start by wanting that for ourselves yes I I think it starts from within and then what you put out there is what you get back and just remember that what you are putting out there there's so many people listening intently that you may not know about but it affects them in ways that that we have no idea I do absolutely love the quote here's to the strong women may we raise them may we be them may we may we become them mm-hmm. and that resonates with me so much now with having Scotty like I always look at her and I'm like no matter who you are or what you become like you are a strong amazing beautiful woman um and I will always be supportive of of who that person is in her because I want her to to feel like she was mentored by by strong women. Um, something that I love that I haven't had the chance to share yet that I'll share here today. Uh, the day that I had Scotty, I invited all of the the women in my life that, um, gosh, like they were just like the the women, the family, the sisters. They were all there. So there were 12, 12 women in the room when Scotty was born. Um, and then our doctor was a woman and I still remember to this day, I'll never forget this feeling, but the photographer that was there, which was actually one of the best things I ever did, um, (laughs) as awkward as that might be, but, um, the photographer said to my sister-in-law, she said, Scotty is going to be so strong. She was born into this amazing room of strong women and, I will just never forget that. Like, my my daughter will always know what it's like to be surrounded and be, be a strong woman. And I think that's something important that we have to think of, whether you are a mother, a sister, a friend, a, whatever you are, a woman in someone's life, like, be the woman that represents strength and, and admiration to other women because we are here to build one another up and... Um, just remember what you put out there is what you get back and that's what other women need to hear. 
Yeah, and I feel like that's been a theme on our episodes is it starts with yourself. If you can truly love yourself and who you are, that opens your ability to totally embrace the people around you. And I, you know I'm all about that. I totally love that. And I personally feel like when I get on the elevator and it's filled with women, there is an energy difference between an elevator filled with men. Totally. I agree. Even just like anything women-related. Yes. I think it's because women are taught to become more emotionally aware and so we do build like more emotional strength and I hope that it's something that can spread you know regardless of gender but I do feel like currently it's sort of a women's superpower right now yeah there's a really cool thing out there I did ask my mom what her definition of beauty is and I actually asked my mother-in-law too I'm really close with with Craig's mom she's um Scotty's nana And so I asked both of them separately, not together. It's interesting how parallel those are. But my mom said, beauty is a shine from within that radiates without. And so she talks about how our inner beauty um, really reflects our outer beauty. And we talk so much about that. But become beautiful on the inside and it will only radiate more so on the outside. When I asked my mother-in-law, she said, I think beauty is your heart. And she said that with tears in her eyes. And because I asked her that in person and she was holding Scotty and it was just one of those moments. It was so powerful. And and she was like, Kim, I really think that that beauty is your heart. It's the person that you are in your heart is the person that you are on the outside. And um, I totally agree with that. And it made me think of um, Maya Angelou. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of her. She gives some of the most insightful, beautiful advice that I've ever heard and She's, she radiates beauty from within and when you, you see video interviews of her and you look at her eyes, she truly has a heart of gold and she's a beautiful person and so I do agree with that. Beauty is something that radiates from within. It's our hearts and it portrays on who we are on the outside and, and that to me is a beautiful thing. I love that. It's so simple, so pure and so true. I also texted my mom to ask for her definition of beauty. She hasn't gone back to me, so stand by. Stand by. Maybe we'll share it on the Instagram later this week. Thank you, everyone who has listened into the podcast. Yeah, we so love your feedback. We love to have you participate in conversations on our Instagram at defined underscore borboletta. Love to hear what you think um, on podcast reviews. You can rate and subscribe as well. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at KimberJanes, at Didi Manjar, and at Borboletta Beauty. And I'm super excited to hear what you guys have to contribute um, to this episode because I know that everyone has a unique, intimate experience with their mother or their mother figure and with beauty as well. Okay, well, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.